Hey folks, it's Marcus Allen. It is Monday, October 26, 2020 at 8.39 in the evening. And this is the Marcus Allen Show. Well, during dinner, my wife didn't seem her bubbly self. And she wanted to know what I thought about the fact that the weather here has been foggy literally the entire week. Like the sun would try to peek out at lunchtime and then it'd go right back to fog. And I noticed that too. And I was thinking about it all day today on my walk. And she said, well, what do you think's going on? And I said, well, you know what I think is going on. I said, were you depressed all week? Well, kind of. I said, does it make sense that maybe they... We're making you depressed through the weather. And then it hit her like a light bulb. Which brings me back to looking into something that happened October 20th, 2012. Let me pull this up here. I'll read it to you. It's from the Bart Township Fire Company, which is kind of down the road from where I live. And it said... National Weather Service has confirmed an EF-1 tornado hit Lancaster County area from Susquehanna River to Paradise. Paradise is a name of a town, maybe 15, 20 minutes away. And then the article talks about all the damage from this tornado. What's interesting, and I'm sure, and this is sarcasm, I'm sure a pure coincidence this tornado took out all the houses that were protesting the Walmart opening up a new store at Drewmore Crossings, which is at the Buck, Pennsylvania. So let me look at my notes here. This article comes out talking about the tornado on October 20th, 2012. And then we have this article from Lancaster Online, advanced sign for Drumore Crossing Shopping Center raises questions, comma, concerns. And it reads, the appearance of a sign on gently rolling field south of... In- Man, what is with people writing? People need to go back to school and learn how to write. The appearance of a sign on a gently rolling field south of the intersection of Routes 272 and 372 in Buck makes development at the busy crosswords look imminent. So wordy. I used to be very wordy when I'd write. The embattled Drumore Crossing Shopping Center has been held up in hearings and court battles for nearly a decade. There's the key sentence, for nearly a decade. But the developer, the Wolfson Group, formerly Wolfson Vericia, based in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, earlier this month erected a sign advertising for retail tenants. That might cause opponents of the plan to worry that a crop of retail stores will sprout on the 90-acre site next season, but Drumore Township officials said Thursday that the start of construction on the proposed 322,000-square-foot shopping center is at least a year away. And blah, 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 blah. Now, I looked into what tenants were scheduled to go open up here at Drumore Crossings, and what a coincidence, Walmart. 
Now, this article came out November 12th, 2012. So October 20th, 2012, a tornado rips through all the people who are protesting the pending Walmart. 41 days later, the sign goes up looking for tenants to surround what's known as an anchor tenant, Walmart. I don't believe in those coincidences. And since then, on all the podcasts that I've done in the past, I've talked about the tornado, the Walmart tornadoes. When we Google Walmart tornadoes, try it. Try it right now. Watch what comes up. Everything from Joplin to the one in Atlanta. Walmart is just the unluckiest company or the luckiest company on the planet. Now, of course, someone's going to say, well, there's a Walmart on every corner. Let me look into that. I wanted to find out how many there were. How many Walmarts in the USA? Now, before I even look, I'm going to guess I'd be shocked if there were 10,000. Let's see. Yeah. 4,756. When we see how many Walmarts have been hit by tornado or because of a tornado they've opened up or the tornado took out the Walmart that was decades old, got a new one like in Joplin, uh, the stats don't make any sense. So then I mentioned at dinner this. It's called, it's from Wired Magazine. Let me pull it up. Navy research paper, by the way, this is from uh, February 11th, 2008. And someone at Godlike Production turned me on to this. I love Godlike Production. It's full of crap, but lots of gold nuggets. And I remember this is one of the gold nuggets. Navy research paper, disrupt economies with man-made floods and droughts. And then the subtitle says, a recently unearthed U.S. Navy research project calls for creating, (laughs) again, it's amazing no one can write, mad-made floods, it should be man-made floods, and droughts to disrupt the economy of an enemy state. Quote, weather modification was used successfully in Vietnam to, among other things, hinder and impede the movement of personnel and material from North Vietnam to South Vietnam notes a naval air warfare. And then it just says dot, dot, dot. This is like a copy paste job. Then it goes on to say a recently unearthed Navy research project calls for creating man, again, mad made floods and droughts to disrupt the economy of an enemy state. Whether, okay, so it's repeating. The proposal suggests a study of the latest weather manipulation techniques to quote, give the military the U.S. military, a viable and state-of-the-art weather modification capability again. What does that mean, capability again? With that in hand, American forces would be able, and this is just like, it's like a a robot wrote this because it just says dot, dot, dot. I, I don't remember this being so incomplete back there. I wonder if it's been changed. The proposal is undated. Actually, I'm going to show you what the date is. But it is pretty clear from the Cold War. Not only is the Soviet Union Russia mentioned, the money is also relatively small by today's standards. 
less than a half million dollars over two years. A military in-house newspaper calls weather modification an area of China Lake preeminence. Between 1949 and 1978, China Lake developed concepts, techniques, and hardware that was successfully used in hurricane abatement, <laughs> fog control, there we go, fog control, and drought relief. Military application of this technology was demonstrated in 1966 when Project Popeye, good luck trying to find that, was conducted to enhance rainfall to help interdict traffic on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Here's a picture of China Lake's cold cloud modification system. Let me take a look at that. Oh, failed to open. Of course, not there. In 1980, the United States ratified a treaty. I love this. Banning military weather manipulation. But every once in a while, someone in the armed forces floats the idea of doing it again. And then it says, our vision is that by 2025, the military could influence the weather on a mesoscale or theater-wide or micro-scale or immediate local area to achieve operational capabilities, a 1996 Air Force Commission study reads. Today, Chinese officials are trying to figure out ways to keep it from raining over Beijing during the Summer Olympics. And if you remember back, if you still have a memory, that's exactly what happened. It was perfect weather during the Summer Olympics in China. Do you remember that? I do. So, next we have what I mentioned to my wife. I said, have you ever heard me talk about weather as a force multiplier? No. So, let's take a, a little read, shall we? And here it is. It's one, two, three, four, I think it's 40-something pages. 52 pages. Some of it footnotes. It's basically 48 eh, 46 pages. Instead of reading the whole thing to you, I'll just read the good parts. So the title is Weather as a Force Multiplier, <laughs> Owning the Weather in 2025. That should tell you everything you need to know. By Colonel Tamsey J. House and Lieutenant Colonel James B. Near Jr. and a bunch of majors also, one, two, three, four, five. It looks like seven total authors to write a... takes the military seven authors to write a 42-page white paper. I'm scanning through here because I don't want to waste your time. Of course, if you are an Exclave Remote member, you can go log in right now at escapethenewnormal.com and get all my notes. And you can look for yourself. Executive summary. Here we go. In 2025, U.S. aerospace forces can, quote, own the weather by capitalizing on emerging technologies and focusing development of those technologies to war fighting applications. Such a capability offers the warfighter tools to shape the battle space in ways never before possible. It provides opportunities to impact operations across the full spectrum of conflict and is pertinent to all possible futures. The purpose of this paper is to outline a strategy for the use of future weather modification system to achieve military objectives 
rather than to provide a detailed technical roadmap. Wonder why they, please tell us the, I would love to know the technical roadmap. How exactly are you doing this? A high risk, high reward endeavor, whether modification offers a dilemma not unlike the splitting of the atom. While some segments of society will always be reluctant to examine controversial issues such as weather modification, the tremendous military capabilities that could result from this field are ignored at our own peril. From enhancing friendly operations or disrupting those of the enemy via small-scale tailoring of natural weather patterns to complete dominance of global communications and counterspace control, weather mod modification offers the warfighter a wide range of possible options to defeat or coerce an adversary. Some of the potential capabilities a weather modification system could provide to a warfighting commander-in-chief known as a SINC, C-I-N-C, and almost sounds racist, are listed in Table 1. Technological advances in five major areas are necessary for integrated weather modification, blah, blah, blah. blah, 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 blah. Then it shows Table 1. On the left-hand side of the table is degrade enemy forces. By the way, we are the enemy, people. All through our lives, we've been told that we're at war with those people over there. No. Those people are just like us. They're innocent. The people of each country are innocent people. They have no desire to go to war. If you ever notice, war is always against one person. Like, remember Saddam Hussein? The Gulf War, the only reason we went to it was because George Bush said, Saddam was a bad man. Do you remember that? That's it. We went to war because one person was a bad man. As if we couldn't go take out one person with a little surgical strike or a little kidnapping action. No, we had to go to this colossal war to take care of one man. So on the left-hand side, we have degrade enemy forces. On the right-hand side, we have enhance friendly forces. And then underneath that, we have precipitation enhancement, storm enhancement, precipitation denial, space weather, fog and cloud removal, detect hostile weather activities. So those are kind of like the sub, kind of like an outline. And then it reads, current technologies that will mature over the next 30 years. By the way, this is from the 60s, maybe even the 40s, at least the 60s, probably the 40s. Current technology that will mature over the next 30 years will offer anyone who has the necessary resources, the ability to modify weather patterns and their corresponding effects, at least on the local scale. Current demographic, economic, and environmental trends will create global stresses that provide the impetus necessary for many countries or groups to turn this weather modification ability into a capability. In the United States, weather modification will likely become a part of national security policy. I got to clear my throat. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. National security policy with both domestic and international applications. Our government will pursue such a policy depending on its interest at various levels. 
These levels could include unilateral actions, participation in a security framework such as NATO, membership in an international organization such as the United Nations, or participation in a coalition. Assuming that in 2025, just four years from now, our national security strategy includes weather modification, its use in our national military strategy will naturally follow. Besides the significant benefits of operational capability would provide, another motivation to pursue med weather modification is to deter and counter potential adversaries. Once again, they're talking about us. They're talking about people who resist. In this paper, we show that appropriate application of weather modif modification can provide battle space dominance to a degree never before imagined. In the future, such operations will enhance air and space superiority and provide new options for battle space shaping and battle space awareness. Quote, the technology is there waiting for us to pull it all together. In 2025, we can, quote, own the weather. And it goes on and on with scenarios and sensors and uninhabited aerospace vehicles. <laughs> uh, here we go. Why would you want to mess with the weather? People have always wanted to be able to do something about the weather in the U.S. as early as 1839. I'll repeat that as Alan Watt likes to say for the heart of thinking. As early as 1839, newspaper archives tell of people with serious and creative ideas on how to make it rain. That reminds me, Chris Kendall called up from Hoaxbusters. Apparently, Chris has died. I say apparently because I'm not so sure that's true. Uh, he, he called up, um, what was the name of the website? Darn it. I think it was weathermodification.com. Weathermodification.com. Yeah. Here, I'll put that in the notes. Hold on. Boom, boom, boom. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Okay. Now more than ever, the this is about us. The worldwide need for solutions to atmospheric necessities such as water resource management and environmental quality monitoring is critical. With nearly a half century of successful programs, let me say that again, with nearly a half century of successful programs, our experience speaks for itself. So Chris, so before I say, services and offerings, meteorological service, program services, atmospheric assessment evaluation, cloud seeding, weather radar systems, let me repeat that one, weather radar systems, environmental monitoring aircraft. So Chris called up and said, what's all this weather modification about? And they didn't want to talk about it. Actually, they flat out denied that the weather could be modified. So the person who picked up the phone seemed like it was the guy who ran Weather Modification Incorporated, said basically that there was no such thing as weather modification. Very strange. By the way, if anyone wants to pick up the phone and call for yourself, it's 701 
235-5500. Please do record it and send it to me if you're able to get some answers. So back to the PDF. However, controversy since 1947 concerning the possible legal consequences arising from the deliberate alteration of large storm systems meant that little future experimentation could be conducted on storms which had a potential to reach land. In 1977, listen to this, the UN General, United Nations General Assembly adopted a resolution prohibiting the hostile use of environmental modification techniques. The resulting Convention on the Prohibition of Military or Any Other Hostile Use of Environmental Modification Techniques, they, they love their acronyms, known as NMOD, committed the signatories to refrain from any military or other hostile use of weather modification which could result in widespread, long-lasting, and severe effects. While these two events have not halted the pursuit of weather modification research, they have significantly inhibited its pace in the development of associated technologies while producing a primary focus on suppressive versus intensification activities. The influence of the weather on military operations has long been recognized. Oh, during World War II, President Eisenhower said, Europe, bad weather is the worst enemy of the air operations. Some soldier once said, the weather is always neutral. Nothing could be more untrue. Bad weather is obviously the enemy of the side that seeks to launch projects requiring good weather or of the side possessing great access, assets, such as strong air forces, which depend upon good weather for effective operations. If really bad weather should endure permanently, the Nazi would need nothing else to defend the Normandy coast. The impact of weather has also been important in more recent military operations. A significant number of sorties, air sorties, into Tuzla during the initial deployment supporting the Bosnian peace operation aborted due to weather. During Operation Desert Storm, General Bustard C. Glusson asked his weather officer to tell him which targets would be clear in 48. Okay. What do we mean by weather... I'm skipping it because now we're just getting propaganda. What do we mean by weather modification? Today, weather modification is the alteration of weather phenomenon over a limited area for a limited period of time. Within the next three decades, the concept of weather modification could expand to include the ability to shape weather patterns by influencing their determining factors. Achieving such a highly accurate and reasonably precise weather modification capability in the next 30 years by the way, we're way beyond 30 years now, will require overcoming some challenging but not insurmountable technology, uh, technological and legal hurdle, hurdles. I kind of remember reading that. Technologically, we must have a solid understanding of the variables to that effect, whether we must be able to model the dynamics of the relationship, map the possibility results of their interactions, measure their actual real-time values, blah, 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 blah. Society will have to provide the resources and legal basis for a mature capability to develop. How could all this happen? The following notional scenario postulates how weather modification might become both technically feasible and socially desirable 
by 2025. Yada yada, massive life, property losses. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Footnote, footnote. Chapter three, I think this is where it gets good. Okay, we already talked about that. Global Weather Network, it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By 2025, we envision that weather prediction models in general and mesoscale weather modification models in particular will be able to emulate all weather producing variables along with their interrelated dynamics and prove to be highly accurate and stringent measurement trials against empirical data. The brains of these models will be advanced software and hardware capabilities, which can rapidly ingest trillions of environmental data points, merge them into usable databases, process the data through the weather prediction models, and disseminate the weather information over the GWIN in real time, GWN. The network is depicted schematically in figure 3.1. Blah, blah, blah. Here, here we go. Applying weather modification to military operations. Now remember, military operations are performed on us, not on invisible enemies. How will the military general and the USAF in particular manage and employ a weather modification capability? Ba -ba -ba. Okay, they're, they're basically repeating. I remember we're getting good here. Let me search for fog. Here we go. Fog. In general, successful fog dissipation requires some type of heating or seeding process. Which technique works best depends on the type of fog encountered. Blah, blah, blah. Warm fog. Blah, blah, blah. Dense fog. There are some emergent technology which which may have important applications for fob dispersal. And then it talks about microwaves. Okay, here we go. This is what I was looking for. Sorry, it took all this time to, to come to this. It's on page 17. Recent army research lab experiments have demonstrated the feasibility of generating fog. They use commercial equipment to generate thick fog in an area 100 meters long. Further study has shown fogs, it's like frogs, fogs to be effective at blocking much of the UV IR visible spectrum, effectively masking emitters of such radiation from IR weapons. The technology would enable a small military unit to avoid detection in the IR spectrum. Fog could be generated too quickly conceal the movement of tanks and infantry, or it could conceal military operations, facilities, or equipment. Such systems may be useful in inhibiting observations of sensitive rear area operations by electro-optical reconnaissance platforms. Oh, here we go. Storms. Mm-hmm. The desirability to modify storms to support military objective is the most aggressive and controversial type of weather modification. The damage caused by storms is indeed horrendous. For instance, a tropical storm has the energy equal to 10,000 one megaton hydrogen bombs 
1992, Hurricane Andrew totally destroyed Homestead Air Force Base, Florida, caused the evacuation of most military aircraft, blah, 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 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then it goes on to say, will bad weather remain an aviation hazard in 2025? The answer, unfortunately, is yes. But projected advances in technology over the next 30 years will diminish the hazard potential. Really? Computer-controlled flight systems will be able to autopilot aircraft through rapidly changing winds. Oh, give me a break. Aircraft will also have highly accurate onboard... Okay. Mm. I want to get to the point... No. Anyone who is looking into truth for any time knows about persistent contrails, also known as chemtrails. In this article, white paper actually talks about it and that's the final thing i'm going to try to pull from this because it's just repeating a lot of stuff here we go normal ionosphere reflecting layers and it shows how you can use ground-based radar which is very important i'm going to talk about that in a second to bounce signals off of mirrors let me find this here we go Kasi et al also described how aims could be used to improve the capability of oth radar aim based radar could be operator frequency chosen to optimize target detection rather than be limited by prevailing ionospheric conditions this combined with the possibility of controlling the radar's wave polarization to mitigate mitigate cluster effects can result in reliable detection of cruise missiles and other low observable targets and then it shows a picture of the ionosphere uh, etc let me just get to the point oh here we go maybe not artificial weather while most weather modification efforts rely on the existence of certain pre-existing conditions, it may be possible to produce some weather effects artificially, regardless of pre-existing conditions. For example, virtual weather could be created by influencing the weather information received by an end user. Sounds like a computer program. Their perception of parameter values or images from global or local meteorological information systems would differ from reality. This difference in perception would lead the end user to make degraded operational decisions. What does that mean? But it continues. Nanotechnology also offers possibilities for creating simulated weather. A cloud or several clouds of microscopic computer particles, chemtrails, all communicating with each other and with a larger control system could provide tremendous capability. Interconnected, atmospherically buoyant, and having navigational capabilities in three dimensions, such clouds could be designed to have wide range of properties. They might exclusively block optical sensors or could adjust to become impermeable to other surveillance methods. They, they could also provide an atmospheric electrical potential difference 
which otherwise might not exist to achieve precisely aimed and timed lightning strikes. Wow, time lightning strikes. Even if the power levels achieved were insufficient to be effective strike weapon, the potential for psychological operations in many situations could be fantastic. Let me repeat that. Even if the power levels achieved were insufficient to be an effective strike weapon, the potential psychological operations in many situations could be fantastic. Page 27, folks. One major advantage of using... Man, was that worth... I know you had to listen to a lot to get... that. There it is. There's your punchline. One major advantage of using simulated weather to achieve a desired effect is that unlike other approaches, it makes what are otherwise the results of deliberate actions appear to be the consequences of natural weather phenomena. I have to repeat that. I'm repeating twice. One major advantage of using simulated weather to achieve a desired effect is that unlike other approaches, it makes what are otherwise the results of deliberate actions appear to be the consequence of natural weather phenomenon. In other words, when I try to, sh to show the proof to people in my travels, they always bring up the religious angle. You're, you're messing with Mother Nature. That's impossible. You know how much power is required to make that happen? It's right here. This is from decades ago. It even talks about how cheap it is to do. In addition, it is potentially relatively inexpensive to do. According to Jay Storrs Hall, a scientist at Rutgers University, conducting research on nanotechnology, production costs of these nanoparticles could be about the same price as a pound of potatoes. Footnote 34. This, of course, discounts research and development costs, which will be primarily borne by the private sector and be considered a sunk cost by 2025 and probably earlier. Funny, tonight I was going to, this is sink. I'm going to talk about sink in a future show. I'm going to talk about sunk costs in a future show. And there it is, sunk costs. Here's the summary. Weather affects everything we do. And weather modification can enhance our ability to dominate the aerospace environment. It gives the commanders tools to shape the battle space. It gives the logistic. It gives the logistician, logistician tools, logistician. Yeah, logistician tools to optimize to optimize the process. It gives the warriors in the cockpit an operating environment literally draft crafted to their needs. Some of the potential capabilities of weather modification systems could provide to a war fighting sink. C-I-N-C, not S-Y-N-C, are summarized in Table 1 of the Executive Summary. <laughs> yeah, and that's just a bunch of diagrams. Th so there it is. Now, I've seen many YouTube videos which have subsequently, subsequently been deleted from YouTube that show exactly how our weather is created it is a combination of these little mirrors in the air. Some people call them chemtrails. I call them persistent contrails. These little mirrors in the air, 
work in tandem with ground radar. We're told that ground radar is what shows us what weather is coming. What a joke that is. Not only does it show what's coming, but it also works the opposite way. It actually creates the weather. Where does the water come from? Very simple. It comes from nuclear power plants, steam generation plants. I believe this is me talking. I'm not telling you what's the truth. I'm just telling you what my truth is. That the main purpose of a nuclear power plant is to produce steam. And you will see in these YouTube videos that have been since deleted, you'll see storms literally created out of thin air just pop up. And someone has overlaid all of these nuclear power plants, steam generation plants on top of where these pop-up clouds come up. And it's precisely in the same spots. So we have ground stations, radar, in conjunction with these little mirrors in the air, chemtrails slash persistent contrails, pulling the moisture across and creating storms. From what I understand, truly natural weather is very calm. If we're going to get biblical, they talk about the morning dew, apparently, and that's where you get this consistent morning dew, and then the sun comes out and you have beautiful, calm weather. Isn't it interesting this year? Think about COVID. Think about all the storms, the fires, the floods, and they always, the not-so-elite, always like to blame us. It's our fault. Even though if there is going to be blame for global warming and climate change, it's their fault. They're the ones who create all these corporations and they they use awful chemicals on farmlands, which does create a little bit of a weather difference on farms. If like if you go barefoot on bare soil, if it's hot out, it's gonna be super hot. If it's cold out, it's gonna be super cold. When there's grass there, it you're gonna walk on it no matter what the temperature is. So by stripping farmlands using these industrial chemicals, they're the ones who are creating the global warming, yet blaming us. They always blame us. Anyway, I've got too many things going on in this call. All I can say is this. Here is the punchline. Thinking Mother Nature creates the weather is kind of like thinking that Santa Claus hits the gym twice a day. There's a double meaning behind that. Think about that tonight. Have a great night. Enjoy life. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.